problems. And our text this evening actually starts off with admonition from the Apostle Paul about the way we live life to look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We entitled the message to walk wisely, and he gives us some really simple, almost obvious ideas about what that actually looks like. So, the first thing that we see in our text is if we're going to walk wisely, then we have to look carefully how you walk. Now, this word has the idea of accurate or accurately. So, you want to actually see what's actually there rather than just imagining what is there. You want your eyes wide open, paying attention. And then the other word that we've seen many times before is the word walk, which is the way the apostles like to talk about our Christian life, and it, it literally means to walk about. So, it's, it's talking about not just walking your way from up here to your seat, not just walking between two points, it's talking about as you walk through your day, between classes, uh, in the hours of your day at work, going to the grocery store, mowing your lawn, interacting with friends and neighbors. Um, this is your walkabout kind of life. And while you're doing that, you want to be paying attention to how you are walking about. Just like when you're driving, you've got to stay alert. You've got to notice what's going on around you. You know that other drivers may not be paying attention because sometimes you don't pay attention and they have to honk at you. So part of staying alive on the road is actually looking carefully, watching accurately, paying attention. And this brings to our attention that we can't just coast through life. We all get into our patterns. Uh, if you're like me, you have your routines. I, I know what I fix for breakfast every day. I know, you know the normal time that I'm going to get up. I know the routine that I'm going to do. I know what's on the agenda for uh, the, the particular day. I've got my calendar, but there's a rhythm to life that I'm used to, and I can kind of just, I can kind of just coast through that. Um, and if, if you're a student, you know, well, my goal is to get from Monday to Friday because I want to get to the weekend. Um, I, I've got to get through this class. I want to pass this class. I want to uh, graduate. Um, all these things can be done in a sort of coasting sort of way rather than, rather than actually paying attention to how I'm living each part of that life, like paying attention to what I do between classes with my friends and classmates, paying attention to how I talk with my wife uh, when I get home, how we interact, if we talk about what we're going to do for a meal or what we're going to do for the weekend or what other plans that we might. I'm paying attention to how I'm walking. I'm not just walking. I'm not just doing. I I'm, I'm, have my eyes wide open to what I'm doing. I'm living intentionally. Life is precious. It's made up of time, and we want to use that time well. We want to have eyes wide open. And when we understand that not only do we have a mission, but we also have an adversary. 
Remember, Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So it's not just that, that I could drive off the road. It, it's that there's actually, there's actually evil. There, are, there is the devil himself and his emissaries and, and those that he controls that are, that are trying to destroy, that are trying to target my own living for the Lord. And so if I'm traveling blindly, if I'm letting things creep into my life and into my walk that ought not be there, then I'm going to end up living life in a foolish way rather than a wise way. He says in the text, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but, but as wise. The book of Proverbs is devoted to wisdom. It means skillful living. He said, look, live your life skillfully. And when you're not paying attention, when you're not looking carefully how you're living your walk about life, you're actually living in an unwise way. So Paul says, walk wisely. And we each have to ask ourselves, you know, it's good for us to step back and say, okay, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing this week? Am I actually using this week the way life is supposed to be used? Am I being skillful in my use of the life that God has given to me? And I want to encourage you, you know, uh, we, we think so often about, well, you know, you have the opportunity to minister to the Lord if you travel to Mexico. You have the opportunity to minister to the Lord if you teach a Sunday school class or you lead the music or you, you, you do some other kind of Christian thing. Look, you have opportunity to serve the Lord every minute of, a, of your waking day. And even as you go to sleep at night, your last words can be to the Lord. And when you wake up in the morning, your first words to the Lord, Lord, thank you for giving me another day. Help me walk wisely today. Help me walk in a way that expresses love toward others and, and uh, love toward you. Are you wise or unwise in your everyday living? Second, we want to buy back opportunities for good, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. This is, this is actually... Um, kind of a paraphrase for the actual word that's used. It has the idea of redeeming, which is the idea of you're going into the marketplace and you're buying up. Like, you, you, know, you know how, remember how it was when COVID first hit and you couldn't find toilet paper? Okay. If you found toilet paper, what would you do? You'd buy it up. All right. And then you say, well, maybe I should leave a couple rolls for my neighbor. Okay. Now, we, if there's a need, you want to buy up what you need, and, and we want to do the same with time. We want, to, we want to buy up the time. And in this case, we're not talking about time that is, that is chronos, that is the minutes of the hour. This is actually a term that refers to the seasons or the opportunities. In other words, there's the window of time that you have to do what needs to be done, and you're supposed to buy it back. Now, we would expect Paul to say, make the best use of time, buy back, redeem the time, because the days are short. 
I mean, we're all, we all talk about this. I mean, if you want to have a conversation uh, with anybody, particularly that's, that's over maybe 25 years old, one of the topics that everybody's going to talk about is how fast life goes. How fast, like this is just flying by. Where is the summer? Now it's fall and pretty soon it'll be Christmas and then it'll be spring again. I mean, how many of you have had that conversation even in the last two weeks? Okay, we, we talk about this all the time, how quickly time goes. Well, Paul, Paul doesn't say make the best use of the time because the days are short. They are short. And life is fleeting. Uh, we are fleeting. But he says, buy up, buy up that time because the days are evil. Now, why would he say that? Well, it's like this. If we don't buy back time for good, make good use of the time, we leave it to be used for evil. Because that's the natural direction of life for those that are sinners by birth and by choice in a sin-cursed world. When we exercise a lack of intentionality in how we're using time, uh, that, that is what generally drives our poor use of time and generally leads towards sinful and harmful behavior. Think about the last time you gave in to doing things you should never have done. Chances are you had time on your hands that you didn't use in an intentionally good way. Instead, you just coasted. And when you coast, you end up coasting right into sin itself. It's an ever-present active evil that, that had, wants to take control of the minutes and hours of your life. If you don't buy it back, if you don't, if you don't intentionally purchase it, as it were, to use for good, it ends up being used for evil. It's like God's warning to Cain that sin was crouching at the door and its desire is for you. And that's exactly what happens to us. If you don't plan to use your time well, you will use it ill. It's just reality. Now, using it well may mean that you should get some sleep. It's Saturday night. It's 2 a.m., you're still, you're still exercising your computer addiction. You're still working at some project when you ought to be in bed. Because guess what? If you're up at 2 a.m. on Saturday night through your own choice, chances are at 9.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m., you're going to have problem focusing. I, I know people that can't make it. They can't make it to gather with God's people and with, with those in their own age group because they're too tired. And they're too tired because they were up until the wee hours of the night the night before. The Puritans used to say, if you want to find your heart with God on Sunday morning, you need to leave it with them on Saturday night. So, be intentional about your use of time. Families, decide how you're going to use your Saturdays. Use them in a way that you don't rob the Lord's Day from what it's for. 
You have to plan. Anything that matters, you have to plan for. And I want to encourage you to buy back those opportunities for good. It will cost you something to use time, which is what life is made of, well, but it costs you far more not to. And it is interesting that he says to buy it back. Because it will cost you. You you will have to turn off the movie on Saturday night or the football game. You will have to decide, we don't have time to do this because we would rather use our lives to do this that actually furthers the gospel and the lives of other people. So are you using your life, your time for good or for evil? This is what wise living requires. Are you buying back the moments and seasons of life for good purpose instead of leaving them for harmful and bad purposes? A number of you um, know Chuck Alexander. He used to sit right back there with Sandy, and Chuck is now with the Lord. Um, there's, he worked for Landscaper Supply, and, and he worked in the service department. When he went to work there, they were thinking about just getting rid of that particular department because it wasn't profitable. But he turned it around, and there's actually a plaque that's dedicated that part of the business to him. You know how many many years he served in that department and turning it around so much so that they would name it after him? Three and a half years. What is that? Three years is 36 months, then six months, 42 months. 42 months. That's, that's also roughly the time that Jesus had in his public ministry. And so here you have a, here you have a man that loved the Lord and, and showed that love for the Lord and, and brought it into the way he actually did business and, and helped people with with their equipment for lawn care. So much so that, that the whole company recognizes the good that he brought. And that wasn't the only kind of good thing that he did, but he did it quietly. He's not a guy that's going to be a fanfare. In fact, the, you probably couldn't dedicate a building to him till after he went home um, to be with the Lord because he just wasn't that kind of guy. But he used the time well. And then third... We read, understand what the the Lord wants. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand, understand what the will of the Lord is. So, the opposite of understanding is being foolish, being senseless, not actually using your mind well understand what the will of the Lord is. And I love the the word that's used here for the will of the Lord. We kind of think of like like directives or commands of the Lord. This word talks about God's wishes, the the kind of things that He wants to see happen in our lives. I'm reminded that parents have wishes and dreams for their children. They, They want their children to have the best life possible, and God has wishes for us. There is a path of life that pleases him well. 
And a child naturally wants to please his mom or dad despite their flaws. How much more should we want to please our Heavenly Father? It's, it's, it's like we look at God and we, we say, Father, what is your wish for me today? What do you wish for me? Let me live as you wish. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, according to 2 Peter 1. He has given us the scriptures. He has given us his son who redeemed us. He has given us the spirit to empower us. There is no reason that we cannot know what he would want us to be and to do. So let me encourage you to live life the way God wishes you would live it the way God desires for you to live it, the way that would bring him pleasure as your heavenly father, because it's the way of grace, it's the way of peace, it's the way of joy. You know, if you think about, you think about the way God blessed human beings right in the beginning when he created them in his image, and he, he, he blessed them, he said, be fruitful, be multiply, subdue the earth, exercise dominion over it, creation mandate. He gave us a job to do as his vice regents. He gave us this high privilege of being his representatives on earth to do his will. And when we sinned against God, we essentially believed the lie that we would be happier by bucking God, by, by disobeying God, and just doing it our own way. And hence, you have the story of all the pain and travail that has been part of human history as believers who've been reconciled to God through Christ, who are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Our, our job now, our life now, is about going back to what the, the life that God wants us to have, to being those that are God's representatives on earth again, who will fulfill the job, the task that he's given us to do. You know, the contrast to understanding, having insight into what God wishes for us is to be a fool. It's not even to be using our heads. That's why the fool said in his heart, there is no God. If you want to play the fool, just pretend like the God who created everything, including you, doesn't exist. I mean, just because you don't believe he exists doesn't make him cease to exist. And just because you don't believe he created everything doesn't mean that the whole universe doesn't still function under his authority. All things are held together by his power. And so, if I really understand who God is, and I've, I've put faith in Christ, it, it makes sense I wouldn't want to live life like a fool, that I'd want to pursue a path that, that is what God wants me to do, rather than away from God. You know, if I pursue the path that's away from God, I'm pursuing the path of sin and of sorrow and of disappointment and of harm, and only a fool would take such a path. Nobody, nobody lives life. Nobody, you know, at graduation says, my goal in life now that I have my degree is to be as unhappy as I possibly can be and to do all the foolish things I can possibly mount up so that I suffer as much as possible and that everybody around me hurts as much as possible. But the reality is a lot of people actually do live that way because they're not living according to understanding what the will of the Lord is. Our good shepherd 
leads us down paths of righteousness, paths that are according to his standards for his namesake. He protects us. He, he shows us all the way home. And when Jesus was talking about his being the good shepherd, he said this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. To yield to the wishes of the Lord is to find the abundant life that the good shepherd of your soul desires for you. Not to understand that is to play a fool and to grope your way into the darkness where you don't even know what you're stumbling over. So are you living your life in a mindless way or in an understanding way? Look carefully how you walk. Buy back opportunities for good. Understand what the Lord wants, what the Lord wishes. This is what walking wisely looks like. God grant us to walk wisely this week as we utilize these insights. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your grace to us. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for rescuing us from our foolish path that could lead only to death and destruction, the tyranny of Satan. Lord, I pray that you would release from prison those that are bound in darkness, the darkness of their vain imaginations, the darkness of resisting what you would wish for them. Lord, help them pursue the good that you have provided for your people. And Lord, thank you for making us a way to get back to our creator through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his name we pray.